for baptism to hear from them why should you be baptized I had various news from them information all what they said are correct but did not address why you should be baptized in summary except one man who was so close to it and I felt again that I need to take you all through it what the consensus of their my heart is is that they want to be baptized because they want to move closer to God that is right in his own sense because if anybody identify with Jesus Christ in baptism the Bible says in the book of Romans chapter 5 and 6 that that person ought to live a new life so but the answer that because we want to get closer to God is only addressing you know your 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 intention for baptism not reason for baptism why should a man be baptized a man should be baptized if and after when he had given his life to jesus and accepted jesus christ as his lord and savior not because he comes to church not because he professed to be a christian as in the in the general concept of people going to church they say they are christians maybe they were christians in church they say they are christians but you need to know this somebody christian in church is not a christian somebody was baptized in church does not make him a christian baptism doesn't make you a christian baptism is the sign of it's a seal of your confession a proof of your confession the first thing that we need to recognize is this for everyone who claims that you are born again Nicodemus came to Jesus in the night and he was asking Jesus Christ how can a man well he spoke about how good he was and this man Nicodemus we recognize the fact that he was a ruler you know a man who knew the law a teacher of the law but nevertheless he did not know jesus christ he did not know salvation so but because of the astonishing miracles that god had done through jesus christ nicodemus came and said to jesus christ i know that you are a teacher and you are from the lord what can i do to enter into the kingdom of god and jesus said to nicodemus unless a man is born again he cannot enter the kingdom of god and you know the procedure of Jesus talking to him it talks about revelation of the kingdom and it talks about entering into the kingdom it talks about seeing the kingdom which is revelation of the kingdom is not talking about physical sight unless a man is born again he says I, uh, I tell you truly no one can see the kingdom of God unless he's born again that is no one can have the understanding 
Alright So You may come to church But you don't understand the kingdom of God Let me give you a class of people who are like that They come to church But they still belong to clubs That are ungodly Do you understand me? Look, the Bible says clearly, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse, verse, chapter 6, verse 9. We come back to this one. Go to that very clearly. Very, very, uh, just go to that quick and we come back to this. It says, do you not know that the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral. So, if somebody is born again, he cannot go back to that camp. Why you are not born again, you can be reckless because Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1 to verse 3 operates over you. Satan is the one who rules over all of us before we are born again in the world. So therefore, we did everything in the world that the world do. But when you are born again, he says, do you not know that the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God? Now, he now defined the wicked. Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral. You see the colon there. So, neither the sexually immoral, the idolaters, those who worship idols are similar to those who, who work in sexual immorality. Sexual immorality is very simple. We would look at that, we will look at that in a minute. It says the sexually immoral, no, male prostitutes, there are male who earn money from selling their body for sexuality. Like those who strip naked and nude and they film them and they make money, you know, exposing their nakedness. Or they sleep with men or women so that they make money from it. Male prostitutes. And this comes from witchcraft as one of the sections in witchcraft. No, adulterers. Adulterers are people who, you know, are married. But they engage in sexual intercourse outside their marriage. That is adulterous. And it says, No, idolaters, no adulterers, no male prostitutes, no homosexual offenders. You cannot belong to this group and inherit the kingdom. So which means that you can never have the revelation of the kingdom. Not only that, that class is not finished. Let's look at the next verse. No thieves. If you are a thief, you cannot enter the kingdom. You cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Either you steal from persons, you steal from your office, you steal from your wife or your husband, you steal from your children or steal from anybody, friends, church, organization. To steal is to take something that does not belong to you without the consent of the person who gave it to you. That's, that is the um, literary meaning of stealing. But legal understanding, appropriating someone else, someone, appropriating someone, somebody, someone else's property with the intention to deprive him permanently. When I was doing that in criminal law, something shook, shocked me. If you took somebody's book, okay, you found somebody's book, now you have not stolen but if you write on the book you have stolen that is criminal law okay 
Because to write on the book, you have intention to keep that part permanently, appropriating someone else's property, with the intention to deprive him permanently. So if you write in the book, which you were given to hold in custody, I gave my book to you, I said, hold it for me. And then you wrote in that book, then you have stolen in law. How many criminal lawyers are here? It is your intention that establish stealing. Because if you are given a book to hold, you are not given a book to confiscate or to use or to write. If I say read the book, you can only read it, you cannot mark it. If you mark it, you have established theft in law. Because your intention is what you mark, you mark for yourself. Which means you intend to permanently deprive the rightful owner. And when I looked at that and I looked at the scriptures, I was so shocked. Because that is just a scripture. If I lend you my book, if you want to write on it, the scripture says you should ask me. Can I write on it? Say, go ahead. Then you haven't stolen. Anytime you, you are given somebody else's thing or you take somebody else's thing without asking permission to do so, in the spiritual, you have established stealing. What happened to Christians when they break spiritual rules? You, get, you become vulnerable to demons. Demons can do anything they like with you. Your prayer will not deliver you. Your fasting will not save you. It's only repentance that can deliver. The reason why many Christians suffer unnecessarily by demonic affliction, you who are set free and empowered over evil spirits, and the evil spirit will come to take money from you. They come to claim some rights from you because you have contravened the laws of God. Are we together now? So therefore, if a, a wife has money, her own money, and the husband needs money, if you see the money on the television set, and you need the money at the time, your wife was not there, if you took that money, you must tell your wife when she comes back, I took X amount of money from the money you put here so that you receive her consent. That is because it could be that there's an emergency for the money to be spent. And what the money is spent for is benefit of everybody. Though she's your wife, let me now go a bit more complicated. If I gave my wife money, once it passed out of my hand to her hand, she had become the rightful owner before God and before the law. If she now put the money on the table and I take that money, I have stolen. Though it was mine, but I had given it. It has become hers. And our intention and plan will be over that money which I had given. As far as God is concerned, it has passed from the promise, the one who made the promise, to the one who received the promise. So also legally. So... Which means I needed to have taken permission from her before I, I, I spread it. If my wife gave me 100 pounds and said, go to the market and shop. And I went to, to the shopping center and I bought things. And I had one P change. I must come back to her and tell her, I have one P change. If I put the one P in my pocket and claim it, I have stolen. See, these things are very highly spiritual that open doors of affliction to so many Christians. You know, Christians pray, 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 pray struggle, struggle, nothing happens. These things are gateways for evil spirits to torment a believer. Because a believer is supposed to know the laws of God. A thief cannot enter the kingdom of God. 
is sexually immoral. That's, that verse that talks about adultery also talks about fornication in other translations. Fornication is, I promise to marry somebody, we have not taken the vow before the church, and we are having sexual intercourse. That is fornication. You must not sleep with a man or a woman who you have not given your vow to before men or the church of God and now called your husband or your wife. If you do that, saying that oh, we are going to be married, you have committed fornication. What that does is that it opens you to unnecessary oppression from the devil. Talk less for a Christian to commit abortion. Abortion is murder. Because from the time the fetus forms, God sends, fertilizes, God sends a spirit into that fetus. So, and you see, these are things that the devil will tempt a believer to go into fornication. And then after the woman got pregnant, Satan will be telling the woman that you're shame. And that woman will now accept the deception of Satan and you will exalt your shame over a life that God is sending to the world. Can you imagine? He may be the solution to his generation. He may be the president of a nation eventually. He may be the chief justice of the federation. He may be minister somewhere. He is surely a father or a mother of somebody that God has ordained. And aborting that fetus will terminate generations that will have come from that lineage. So, and the blood of that person will be crying against the believer. This house, how, how very, very dangerous it is. That believers must listen to the word and just obey it. What about if you are the man who impregnated somebody and you contribute to the abortion or you, you validated the abortion. You are a joint contributor. Now, if you look at the scriptures, many things the scripture tells believers that you cannot do this, you cannot do this. If you want to inherit the kingdom of God, you cannot do this. What happens is that when Christians do those things, people who have accepted Jesus really, and they now give their mind to devil, because it's the devil who will make a person do those things, that person will invoke upon himself an affliction which you call curse, remember? Curse afflicts, spell, control human mind. A Christian cannot be cursed, but a Christian can be spelled. That is, your mind could be controlled. But if your mind is controlled and you give in to the control, then you will be spelled. That is, you will be afflicted. And you can see the evidence of that in the book of Numbers 22 to 25. When Balaam could not curse Israel four times, he sent the Moabite girls, shrine girls, into their midst to have sexual intercourse with their men. Both boys committed fornication with them and married men committed adultery with them. And if you read down the scripture, God destroyed them. They invoked curse of God directly. And they were destroyed. Now, what makes me talk about this is because I want to help us understand what salvation is. Because there are many people who come to church, but some were saved, they lost their salvation, some are not even saved at all. How do we know those who are born again? And that's what we are looking at. No thieves, no greedy, no drunkards, no slanderers, no swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. So if a Christian sits in the seat of scoffers, stands in the ways of sinners, 
and walk in the counsel of the wicked. You cannot inherit the kingdom of God. If you die, you will go to heaven. If you die in it. That is after accepting Jesus Christ, you are going to do stuff. And you did not repent before you die. And I will help you understand repentance. Because repentance is the same thing. It means the same thing throughout your Christian life. As it means to your entry into Christian life. Okay. So okay, go back to the John we were reading in chapter 3. So in that John... Jesus said that, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he's born again. Now the next verse says, how can a man be born when he's old? Nicodemus asked, you know this man is a, is a highly educated man. He had never heard the philosophy of the word, the word born again had never been mentioned on earth before that time. So as a scholar, he, it was so irrational to him. I'm an old man. How can I enter my husband and I'm born again? And Jesus said, yes. Surely, the man said, no, go back to verse 4. Let us see his philosophy. Intellectual man. Nicodemus asked, surely he cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb to be born. So he had nullified one, one um, element of where you say born again. That is the fact. The first fact is that he cannot shrink back to become an egg and enter the mother's womb. He was talking sense. Look at what Jesus said. Jesus answered, I tell you the truth. No one can enter the kingdom of God. You see the first one says see. That is to have the vision that this is the kingdom of God. People who don't have the vision of the kingdom of God can argue with you. That you can go to heaven through many means. Because they have not got the vision of the kingdom. They can tell you that, why should it be only one God? But they have forgotten that when you throw something up, before they were born, in their lifetime, and after they are gone, anything you throw up, it goes in one way, which is up, and it comes down in one way, which is down. So, Jesus says, no one can enter the kingdom. First of all, see the kingdom. If you cannot see it, you cannot enter it. If you can't understand it, you cannot enter into it. None of you should come to church without entering into the kingdom. You cannot be coming to church and you can't enter the kingdom. You understand the fact that Jesus talked, I mean, the, 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 the first Corinthians 9, 6 talks about, uh, 6, 9, talks about you cannot inherit the kingdom. So he's talking to those who already have entered the kingdom but then they will lose out. They cannot inherit it. Alright? But he is telling you now, the access into the kingdom, you must see first, and then before you can enter the arena. And it says, unless he's born of water and the Spirit, and that is where water baptism is important for anybody who is born again. Because Jesus said that, isn't it? Yes? Are we together? It seems I've stood in this section for too long. Are we together in the class? Alright, then. so we understand that there are two stages and the third stage. First stage to see. That's to have a revelation that uh, this is the kingdom of God. Alright? The second stage is to enter into it. 
And the third stage is to remain in it, which is inherit it. Do we get it now? Okay, let's see the fourth stage. To see the kingdom. The book of Acts that you are reading. Who can tell me the, the chapters of Acts we read today? Yes, anybody stand up and say yes. Eight to eleven. Can you hear? How old are you? Eight. You are eight. No wonder. And you read Acts eight to eleven today. Wow! Let's put our hands together for him and for her. Let me say something. Are you not ashamed if you are an elderly person? And today, eight-year-old girl has read the scripture for today, just three chapters, and you have not. Does that not make you feel guilty? Before the Lord, if you don't feel guilty, then I, I doubt your salvation. That's one of the things you are talking about. Because the Holy Spirit convicts of sin, of righteousness, of judgment. Because I don't want, I don't want to go too much deep in today, but I want to give you an, uh, just an overview. Alright? If you look at what you read yesterday from chapter 4, you will discover that there, is a, there, is, there are some statements made in chapter 4, which are so powerful. Chapter 4, verse 12. What did he say? We're talking about see the kingdom. It says, salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. So anybody who we see must come to a place where he recognizes that Jesus is the only way. He is the truth and the life. My grandfather was a chief imam. My mother was Kubrat. She was a Muslim. My father was a wizard. But both of them came to recognize that there is no salvation in Islam. There is no salvation in witchcraft. Or in spiritualism. Spiritualism without Christ is satanism. There is no. There is only one man who died. And before he died, he promised those who followed him. In John, I'm going to my father. And I will prepare a place for you. And when I come back, I will take you to be with me. He is the only one who said, I am the son of God. And who dare to call God his father. And he's the only one who said, I do what I see my father do. John 5, 19. He's the only one who said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man, no religious leader ever knew who they were. No religious founder on earth today knew where they were. None of them promised those who followed them life after death with them. They don't know where they were going. One of them, when the disciples came to him and said, Where are we? he said that we have left our home and, and we have followed you. What is our reward? And he said, I do not know where I'm coming from and I do not know where I'm going. Now people follow him in their billions. A man who doesn't know where he's going. But Jesus says, I come from the Father and I'm going back to my Father. And I will come back to take you who believe in me. Come on now. And he says that where I am you will be. And some of us have been to him even while we are alive. To see where he is building for us. My own house is finished. I have been there. I have walked in it. That is the reason why you cannot trick me with anything in this world. Paradise is next to none. He really exists. 
I've taken good journeys there. I had holidays. And I'm asking him again for a very extensive holiday for paradise. Jerusalem of heaven. 2,000 miles square. It will descend and physical eyes shall see it. It is fully built. God is not just building it. God spoke it to be. It is a demonstration of God's excellence in design and technology. Heaven, you must not miss it. It is too beautiful. It is too good. Human words cannot explain it. Listen to me, therefore. You must know that Jesus is the only way. Second thing that somebody must, will, will understand when he sees the kingdom is this. John chapter 12, chapter 1 verse 12. You know, Acts 4.12, John 1.12, John 1.12. And what did he say? Yet to all who received him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to be sons of God. Somebody who sees the kingdom, he will decide that he wants to be part of the kingdom. When you are part of the kingdom, you become like him, son of God. That is validated from Romans chapter 8, verse 29. If you look at that scripture, Romans chapter 8, verse 29, it says, I want us to read that together. So when a man sees that Jesus is the Savior, he wants to be like him. His heart is to be like Jesus. His heart is to be different from this world. Now, if these are all your hearts, then what is the procedure into salvation? Romans three, twenty-three. The person will first see himself as a sinner. And he says that all men have sinned. I'm falling short of the glory of God. So a man will come to the place where he will see himself in the field. What a wretch sin I am. Everything you have done in your life will fly through your head. And you feel so guilty about it. You feel so terrible about yourself. You will come to your real consciousness. Which is created in the image of God who does not want to sin. But you see how you could not control your body. You could not control your mind. How Satan had messed you up. Any man who does not go through that had not seen salvation. You will see how many times you have used your own strength to try to make things happen against the will of God. You have seen how you have decided to sin reckless. Even when people are telling you that stop that way, it is sinful. You will not be able to do that. Because you will have justification to legitimize sinful nature. Your pride, your ego, your, um, what do you call this now? Um, your ego, your pride, and also, um, um, you know, your desire just to have, to do whatever you want. 
I don't know how to, you know, what to qualify that with now. So when you were in the world, you were reckless. You may, you may say that I don't go to prostitutes, I don't do all that. But no one can, can instruct you in godliness. You will have every reason to believe that your way of life is the right thing, though it's ungodly. I must take revenge, something like that. I must show them, something like that. I'm not a fool, something like that. When a man says I'm not a fool, it is a fundamental step into foolishness. When you say I'm not a fool, the action that will come out of it is the most foolish action. Because you are pushed by pride. And it is a word to counter faith, to counter godliness. So that you will derogate from God and then do what you want. And all those things come from the flesh of man. So to see the kingdom of God, you must first know you are a sinner. Of course, in line with this scripture is chapter 6 verse 23. Which tells you the reason why we are so depraved before we got saved. It says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Now, you, re- you recognize you are a dead man. When you come before the cross of Jesus Christ. You recognize that all your righteousness is filled with rag. You recognize that you are not holy. You recognize that anything you are doing, you cannot please God with it. You recognize that the standard of holiness of God, nothing you can do to attain it. So you now surrender to God. And say, Lord, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. A prayer that comes out of such heart is a prayer of repentance, it's called. And when a man repents... He feels guilty of what he has done, and he decides never to go back to it. Are we together? You know, I was sharing with them. Those of you who are, you claim that you are born again, you cannot love the world and say you are born again, because the Spirit of God does not like the world system. You can't dress the way they dress. You can't look the way they look. You know, now the little son, they are, all of them are opening their nakedness, Whereas people who are in hotter sun in Africa, they are clothing themselves. So there is no, heat is not um, excused to, to be promiscuous. Except the spirit of Satan, which is the spirit of this world, rules over a man's heart, or a woman's heart. Your desire will be for God. Your desire will be for God. I will together now. That is a man. So therefore... Such a man, according to the rule of Romans, such a man, according to the book of Romans, will come, chapter, chapter um, 6, 23, such a man will come to a place where he says, look, I just want to be born again. I want Jesus. So when you, when you get to that point, you repent of your sins, you ask God for mercy, you fulfill the book of Romans, chapter um, chapter 10. If I read from verse, 30, verse, verse 8, but what does this say? The word is near you, it is in your mouth and, the, and in your heart. That is the word of faith we are proclaiming. That if anyone confesses with his mouth Jesus is Lord 
and believe in his heart that God raised him from the dead, he shall be saved. That's the time somebody will say, Jesus, I want you to come into my heart. I want you to become my Lord. The word of Lord means control me. I don't want Satan to control me anymore. I don't want flesh to control me anymore. I don't want people to control me anymore. I want you, Jesus, to be my controller. So all the words mentioned in 1 Corinthians 6, 9, you cannot be involved in it. It's just not possible. If you were an adulterer before, you can't go back to that. You know, when the Bible was speaking about a thief, an adulterer, and stuff like that, it's talking about the act of such acts. As somebody who continues to do that, I would mean now, and that is a practitioner in that somebody who is reckless, he can't control himself, that's the kind of life he lives. Somebody who is rude, he can't control himself, he's always rude. Somebody who is angry, he can't control himself, he's always angry. When anger comes, he will have done several bad things, and then after the anger, he will say, well, why did I do that? Even someone will say, well, it served them right. That kind of attitude is because that life is godless. But I was sharing with those uh, candidates today. How do we know a man, therefore, who has encountered Jesus? A man that Jesus said he has seen the kingdom, now he has entered the kingdom. Second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17. It says, if a man therefore be in Christ Jesus after salvation, he is what? A new creature or creation or a new species. All right? So, because Jesus in the book of Revelation says, I stand the door of your heart and knock. If you open the door, I will come in. So, the moment you go to the God in tears or whatever, you know, and you in soberness and say, Lord, I'm so sorry for my past life. I will not go back there. Please forgive me, Lord Jesus. I want you. I want you. Lord, I want you. You are the one I want. Deliver me. Help me. Save me, Jesus. Please help me. Wash my sins away. Please make a new man of me. And as you are crying like that, the Holy Spirit will come in and slip into your body as an answer. The evidence of it is that if you used to be very angry before, after that time, people will do the same thing or worse, but you discover you couldn't respond. Even if you think, but this is not me, you are, it's not you really. Something had taken place. So if you come to church and that is not your experience, you are not born again. If you die, you can't go to heaven. The Bible says a man that is bent on his ways will be suddenly what? Destroyed. If a man says that, well, that's me, I don't care about anybody, that's me. The Bible says you will be, unexpectedly, you will be destroyed. And I have seen many destroyed in my own life. The little life I have lived or not, I have seen many like that. Many, many. When I was a, um, well, I grew with some, a group of boys when we were growing as boys and teenagers and then into, into you know, uh, going to work, you know, going to, some go to university, uh, some go to technology, some just start working. Now, there is a young man, I always talk about him, very intelligent, really in his school, he was the best student, best in every subject but very arrogant very very arrogant and deadly sinner they lock up girls 
lie to them. You know, girls are very ignorant. Yes, women will say that to you younger girls. That when you are a girl, you are naive. You will trust a man who is plotting to destroy you and make you shameful. But you think that what he's saying is sweet. He loves me. And then he rapes you. You remember the one mommy taught you? The yeah, Diana who went out to the streets, to the town, downtown, and she was raped. A child of God. And the boy was involved in all those atrocities. Because I was raised in the church, you know, I couldn't because I, I, the spirit inside me would not permit me to do all those things. Even when they talk, they talk all manners of reckless talk. I can't. So when I'm there, they will say that we know that you are, you are, you are a righteous man. And they will keep on with their stuff. They won't come into it. Let me say something. The saddest thing is that he did, when he went, he had problem with his, some of his lecturers. And he was proud instead of him to humble himself. The lecturer failed him. Say you think it's your brain. He failed him. Not because he didn't do well. He failed him. Are you with me? It was the beginning of dilemma. Others left, went to, to university. He never went. And he said that, well, I don't care. After 10 years, he cared. Because the rest of the mates were graduates. Excuse me. Pride is never of God. When you are in Christ Jesus, you used to be proud. You cannot do that anymore because he will, he will stop you. The Christ will stop you. If you are an angry person and you are using your fist all the time, you can't do that anymore. People will warn you, but you will, you will see that you can't just be angry anymore. If you love, you know, you are a man, you love women, you just hate it. It will stink to you. Same thing if you are a girl, you just go about with any man, you will hate it. If you are in an association of people who are always wasting people's life and talking nonsense and all this promiscuous stuff, Satan using their lips, you can't go to that company anymore. You will hate that company. Really, when you, when you come around them, you will feel you are dead. It is more poisonous, poisonous than poison. You will, you will not be able to. You understand? Because you are a new man. A new man in Christ. You cannot be attracted to any institution of Satan. You will hate it. Really, when you enter, they will drive you out. Because you will carry the presence of Jesus Christ of Nazareth anywhere you go. You cannot go to the Habalis, you cannot go to witch doctor, you cannot go to anybody who is a false prophet to pray for you. You can't do that when you're born again. You cannot. If you are doing things like that, it's because you have not really been born again. I would get that. You cannot be lying to your wife at home when you are flexing about and stuff like that. It cannot happen. If you fall into a sin like that, you will not sleep for days. Because the Holy Spirit is inside you. And you can't go and be doing that. You cannot abuse people. You cannot break people's trust. You cannot lie to people and then exploit them. You can't do that. It's not possible. Collect offering for a purpose and use it for another thing. You can't do that. It's because they are not born again. Perverting the gospel and telling people that their giving is what we give them God's blessing. You cannot do that because you are born again. Every minister who does that, they are not saved. They are not born again. They are not born again. You can't tell people they have to sow seed for the free gift of God. Impossible. It is not possible for a born again to utter those statements. Some people here should give a thousand. Some people have given. It's not possible that God is telling you, telling me that some of you here you will give one thousand pounds. Some of you here, this offering you are given is what will give you your your final breakthrough. 
No man born again can ever say that. It is impossible as sun cannot become moon. It's impossible. When you see people who do that, they may be ministers with names and stuff like that, it's because they are not born again. Jesus told you, there will be many counterfeits who will come after. Matthew chapter 4, verse that 24 verse 4. He said, watch out that you are not seeing last days. There will be many false Christ that will come and say that I am the one. But they are not from me, says the Lord. It is by their fruits you will know them. Let me help you with understanding. In the Acts that you read, alright, this scripture says, if anybody is in Christ, you a new creation. All things have passed away. Go to the book of Acts chapter 4 and let's see the verse 13. Not the 12. We saw the 12 before. Let's see verse 13. It is necessary for you to know that if you die right now, if something happens, all of us die now. Not all of us are going to heaven. And you cannot leave this meeting today with that thing that will take you to hell. Are you with me now? If you did not come here today, maybe God may spare you. But for you to come here, and I'm saying these things I'm saying, and you are working in it, if you leave this place and you continue that life, then why should God forgive you? Because you have had him and you stiff next to yourself. Look at what he says here. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were what? Astonished and what? They took note that these men were we what? Something different to an uneducated man, but he spoke like Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, who spoke before, you know, Nicodemus, who is one of the most intelligent philosophers of his time and lawyer, and the man was confused. Jesus spoke with the wisdom of heaven. You remember the prayer we prayed from the book of Isaiah 11, what? 1 and 2. The, the Holy Spirit makes the difference. He came upon Peter. And when he came upon Peter, Peter was speaking on school man. He was quoting the Bible as if the Bible was in his head. And he was helping the law, the, the, right, the, the, the teachers of law, who the teachers of Bible who went to university to study. They were hearing revelation that they have never known. In the same page of the books they have, read, they have been reading. By the Spirit of the Most High. And they said that we recognize that these guys are with Jesus. What is in your life that tells the world that you are of Christ? Then you may doubt your salvation. You know, I've gone from the lowest to the highest now. I've gone from ordinary members to people who are big ministers. You, you, you celebrate them all over the whole world. <laughs> but some of them are in hell already. I saw one of them a few years ago. The Lord told me to go and see him in hell. A few years ago. And the Lord told me another one another, look, he's following him. If he does not change, same place he's going. And you were singing for them when they were buried, that we shall meet by the river. Yes, they went to the river of fire. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. You see, when you hear the gospel and you decide to turn deaf ear to it, you don't know when the Lord will take you off. I will together now. I was talking to a young man. The young man called me, was lamenting over his marriage. Lamenting over his marriage. And he's fed up. Everything he did, the woman just did whatever she liked. Because sometimes, you know, Christian women take godly men for granted. And sometimes, 
you know, Christian men take godly women for granted. He gave me now. And the man said to me that twice I wanted to leave my marriage. And Jesus divorced this woman. Both of them are believers. They are God's children. But only one of them is reckless. They gave me now. And she did not know the man already is out. She was still thinking that, you know, let me teach him some lesson. You know what? The man said twice, Jesus appeared to him and said, don't divorce her. Twice. I think the second time Jesus told her, hell, don't die it. Okay? So when I was called into the issue, you know, both of them always claim as if they are the right person. The Holy Spirit told me, open up the woman to me. I gave the woman ultimatum to go and beg. Because I said, you know, sometimes you, you, know, you have this thought in your heart, you know, that I'm going to show her or I'm going to show him. But don't you understand? D- David told Solomon, Solomon, my son, acknowledge the Lord your God with all your heart. Serve him with wholehearted devotion. For God knows the, he searches the heart of all men and he knows the motive behind your thinking. If you are quarreling with your husband and you lie against him so much more that people cannot understand, they believe that he is the one that is a devil, that is a God, who you will report to. If you do the same to your wife, you will show in the, in the world as if you are very caring, but to the woman you are, you are you, you determined to punish her and to reduce her to nothing. God sees your heart. Come on now, the day calls you to hands off. They will raise your leg and your leg will fall. They will raise your hand, your hand will fall. They will put your keys in your hand, it will drop. No coming back. No second chance. That is the reason why on earth today you must be make you must make sure you are really born again. Do you hear what I said to you? Some pastors who will come and say that you know there are more than those who speak the truth. Today now, majority of those who are on pulpits are not going to heaven. Because they are all telling you that you must sow a seed for your miracle. You must you must all message go to offering. All we had conven- we had ministers conference in in Birmingham Metropole two weeks ago. No registration fee. Every minister who charged people for registration fee before they come and hear the gospel, they are not born again. They lost it. They cannot inherit the kingdom. They, that, that is their inheritance they have taken. Can you imagine Jesus Christ charging 15,000 people before he fed them? Jesus will have been in the business of making money off people. He would, when, if they, when they show him the cross, he will pray to God that, no, 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 no. That cross, uh, how can I go to cross? You'll be living in it, having yachts everywhere, all over the place. A flamboyant life. When people go into such life, you know they lost it. Salvation goes out of the window. Because if a man is in Christ Jesus, go back there. He is a new creation. All things are passed away. Your past way of living has ceased. You know, all this culture that comes in the world, a Christian truly born, you can't just do it. Suddenly, people started wearing torn jeans. 
Anybody who is really born again cannot. It is impossible for him because the Spirit of God in you will ask you, can you see your God in rags? Or male so-called Christians plaiting their hair. I mean, Jesus will ask you, did I plait my hair? Did I behave like the Pharisees of my time? There is a distinction between evil and good. Darkness and light don't look the same. Neither do they function the same. Neither do they function the same. Listen to me. A Christian must be careful because Satan has set up his network over the world to kill, to steal, to destroy. And let me tell you, the time we spend on earth is so short. Ask me. Ask me. I was telling you yesterday about my uh, 25 years ago. I didn't have one gray hair. No, I didn't. I looked so, when I saw myself, I said, oh boy. 26 years ago, 35 years ago. But let me say something to you. The 35 years looked like yesterday. It looked like yesterday. Let me tell you, another, another problem is this. If I call, Pao Kote is the oldest man. I went to visit him. To pray with him in his house. And Papa Esho at 84. You know, they were still telling me, they, they still feel that they are boys. Yeah, yeah, that's what they feel. They don't feel they are old. None of them told me about death. The two of them. Papa Kote is in his 90s. Papa Esho is 84. They didn't tell me about death. They were telling me about how God, Baba told me how God will heal him and he will come back to his uh, uh, evangelism. How he will come. He, will, he has asked, and I'll tell you this now, if any one of you can, he wants to be brought to church. But we need somebody who lives not far from there who can bring him to church on Sunday. That will be your own ministry. And you will take him back home. If you can do that for him, you will receive the word not in this world alone, but in heaven. The man, I was with him, the buzzer rang. He wanted to run. He ran down. He said he was going to take, get, um, open the door. I said, let me go. He said, ah, no, 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 Apostle, you can't. I, 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 I can't send you a message. Okay. He went. And when he got there, the person was not about. He came back and he said, you see, that nurse said she's at the door. I went there. I can't find her. The moment she, he sat down, was telling me, the boss rang again. I said, Baba, you, he's got to, I said, sit down. This is a sick man. I said, sit down. He said, no, 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 Apostle, I, I have the strength. You never think you're old. Because all your years is just like one day. No matter how old you are, you have others who call you boy. Because they are very older than you. Therefore, remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth. When evil day has not come. God calls all of us to repentance. He calls us to, un, to, to decide. You must decide to go to heaven. If you decide to go to heaven, you must not behave like the world. Or what I've been teaching you. Satan has no power over anybody who does what I'm saying. No power whatsoever. Kill him, you can't kill him. Charm him, he cannot be charmed. It is not faith. It is godliness. If you really surrender to Jesus, 
Get out of companies of pejorers and liars, deceivers. People who are bent on their own will. They have their heaven on earth, which will be consumed with fire. Are we together now? If a man is in Christ Jesus, you are different from others. A new creation. You can't behave the way they behave. Your destiny is not in lying or stealing or pejoring or deceiving people. Your destiny is in Christ. Obedience to the word of God. That is where your destiny is. And they who... Know their God shall be all strong and they shall do exploits. Those who lead men to righteousness like shine like the stars of heaven forever and ever. Come on, man. Listen to me. Together we will make heaven. You are going to pray now. Anything that will hinder you from heaven, that God will take it out of you. Stand up on your feet and begin to ask God. Ask the Lord, cleanse my heart, O God, tonight. Cleanse my spirit tonight. Cleanse my soul tonight. Strengthen my body. The Bible says, don't you know, or know you know that your body is the temple of God? 1 Corinthians 6. Know you know that your body... Is the temple of God, verse 19. The temple of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom you have received from God. You are not your own. You have been bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. Do not let sin enter your body. Do not let sin rule your mind. Ask God for mercy. Ask God for mercy tonight. Have mercy on me, Jesus. Have mercy upon us, Lord Jesus. Cleanse us within. Have mercy upon us, Lord Jesus. Tell the Lord, have mercy upon He says, I will have mercy upon whom I will have mercy. I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. Tell the Lord, stretch your hand of compassion towards us. We pray for mercy, 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 we pray for mercy. Hey. Tell the Lord, take everything from me that can take me to heaven. I told to hell. Everything that can take me from heaven and land me in hell, let them go out of me. Do you not know that the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor male prostitutes, nor homosexual offenders, nor thieves, nor greedy, nor grumblers, drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Serving Lord Jesus. In Jesus' anointed name, we are prayed. 
You want to pray one more prayer? I want to see everybody's face. That's how I'm climbing up. Let me tell you this. To a boy, a child who knows nothing, if you hold 50 pounds note and one P and tell the small boys who know nothing to choose, they choose one P. Because one P is solid, they can play with it. Are you with me? That's why they, they, anything that is solid, they can play with. Paper, they don't want it. But the one solid, they, they can play with it. Now, similarly, are many Christians. God is holding in His hand gold. He wants to give you. And you are running after pennies. Alright? That is many believers. And yet, you want the pleasure of gold. You want the treasure of gold. You want the... 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 the, the um, Yield of gold. How many pennies can you put together to make a gold bar? No, you need only one gold bar. Deposit it in the bank, you make money. So you want to you want to deal with something today, and it's very simple. That your life will give up everything that contests with God. Look at First Corinthians is your prayer. First Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12. Everything is permissible for me, but not everything is beneficial. Everything is permissible, but I will not be mastered by anything. Whatever is ruling you must live today. You know what we read yesterday? You will not judge by what you see and what you what? So that you will not become a bad judge before God. If anybody comes to me and accuse somebody else before me, you know it. Satan can't catch me by that. Instantly I speak to the Spirit. Your news may be very good and attract compassion. I don't walk by compassion because it is that that stops Moses from entering Canaan. Only one mistake. Only one mistake. Only one mistake wrecked everything. I would mean now. But today, God is saying this. Not everything that is permissible is doable. Are we together now? Come on now. Anything that is permissible and becomes your master has become your God. Look, go to your knees. Don't pray out. You want to deal with any attitude, really tell God. Really speak to God. Anything that masters you, something you know rules you unnecessarily. An attitude you might have been contesting with. Tell the Lord to reveal yourself to you. And the Lord will cleanse out of you. Anything found in you, that contests with the God of Israel. Anything in your heart, in your way of behavior, in your mind, that contends with the Holy Spirit, any way of behavior, any way of reasoning or thinking, any way of action or attitude that exalts himself above the knowledge of God, tell the Lord, demolish it tonight. Take them out of me. Take them out of me. 
tell the Lord, I want to be obedient only to the voice of heaven. I want to obey you only. Let us ask God, make a new man out of me. A man that befits you. A man that obeys you only. A man that is not bent on his way. A born again but full of fear. Fear and faith does not work. Flesh produces fear. Spirit produces faith. How can a Christian fear unseen? Tell the Lord to have mercy on you. And I ask God to strengthen your spirit, your, your, your inner mind. And enable you to operate the mind of Christ given to you. Lord, strengthen my spirit man. Don't let me disgrace you anymore. A Christian must not cry for any reason except for God. You must not cry in the face of any tribulation that is denying your God to his face. That is denial of God. You must not confess defeat because of how strong the battle is. That is denying God of who he is. Tell the Lord, help my mind. Help my heart, O God. Strengthen me, Lord, by your spirit power. Let me stand upon the word of God. Help me, Lord, not to deny you any further. When they saw Peter and his boldness, they recognized that they were with Jesus. Tell the Lord, let people recognize that I'm with you by the manifestation of my life and behavior. Let God be supreme in my life. Thank you, Jehovah. Anybody who loves the world, the Bible says the love of God is not in him. For the world will pass away with all its desires. We ask for your cleansing power today, Lord. Ask for your cleansing power. Father, we bless your name. We receive strength from you, O King of Heaven. In Jesus' anointed name we pray. Shall we rise up together on our knees, please?
Let's bow our heads for prayer. And let's close our eyes. Right now, if there is anyone among you who, when I was showing you in the scripture who is born again, and you find that you are not, just put your hands on your chest and ask the Lord to enter. Say, Jesus, forgive me all my sins. Come into my heart. Tell him, I am sorry for my past life. Lord Jesus, save me. I surrender my life to you. I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. Give me your Holy Spirit. Make a new man of me. If you know you are falling away too, tell the Lord I rededicate my heart to you. Save me, Jesus. Deliver me from the deception of hell. Thank you, Father, for saving me. In Jesus' name. Can I have the ministers around me, please? like that. So they'll stand behind anyone. Let them pass. For I receive from the Lord what I also pass unto you. The Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and said This is my body, which is for you. Do this remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup and said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Therefore, whosoever eats or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the Lord, the body and the blood of the Lord. A man ought to examine himself before he eats of the bread and drinks of the cup for anyone who eats and drinks without recognizing the the body of the Lord eats and drinks judgment on himself that is why many among you are weak and sick and a number have died 
that if we judge ourselves, we will not come under judgment. And this is the reason why I took you through teaching you first. So that you can realign yourself back to God. And I want to believe that everybody has done that. For you to come into the church, there is something in you that needs God, that wants God. And we cannot come to the church and yet we are not in God. And this is the reason why I spoke with you. So that if anyone had walked in the way or is walking in the way that is of the devil, which is contrary to the word of God, I first brought you to lie. Now when you ask Jesus for forgiveness, you do not live in condemnation of what he has forgiven. Because the Bible says the man will confess with his mouth and you know he sins. The Lord is faithful and just to forgive and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So what you have asked God to forgive you now is your past. Okay? Now you cannot live in the guilt of the past because you have asked him to forgive you. But you cannot go back to it from today. Run from the maddened crowd. So that his grace will be enough for you day after day. You won't go back to what you are repented from. And you ask God his strength for the day. His strength for the day. Do we get it now? Satan wants people to go to hell. The Bible says God created hell for Satan and his angels. Not for man. But God created man in his image and the devil is so angry. So he decided that he would take man to hell by turning them against their maker. So you and I now have bound ourselves with an oath today that for whatever, backward, never. There is no going back. We have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back.